Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. Ah, infinite presence is all there is. All there is is divine mind, divine expression. I know the gifts of source are right here, right now. In this infinite presence, there is wholeness, there is love, compassion, faith, well-being, and so much more. And knowing it's all God, I am one with this infinite universe. This is the truth for each of us, for we are one. We live and breathe in the spirit of oneness. We are each part of a greater sacred communion. And in this oneness, I affirm the following for each of us as divine sparks of creation. Wholeness is our divine birthright, our truth. Divine love is declared in each breath. Love for myself, love for each other, love for all. Sacred compassion holds the highest and best possible. Faith, that knowing that all is in divine order, lives on. Well-being fuels every cell in each of our bodies, fully present in our heartbeat and breath. Ah. I accept all this bounty. The universe is infinite. We each play a role as the extension of the divine that we are. We come to peace within ourselves and extend that peace to others. Each of us is a candle placed on a sacred stand, giving light to all and allowing our actions to glorify that infinite presence within. I let go and open up to sacred unfoldment. The law is always at work. And in gratitude, I release this into the law. These seeds, these divine sparkles affirm our sacredness. And so it is. Let us take a few moments to contemplate our own love, our divinity. Our theme this month is loving out loud. 
kind of a little play on our annual theme of living out loud. We are loving out loud. We're going to kind of unfold this over uh, four weeks with a, um, an arc, if you will. And next week, we'll talk about love on a spectrum, love kind of beyond the borders. And then we'll talk about loving our neighbor. And the last week, we'll talk about love wins. But we start with probably the most important thing, and that is self-love. And our talk today is I love myself so much. And I capitalize that self, that S capital S self, for my deepest um, self, my spiritual self. And so this isn't a talk on getting massages or going to spas or eating well or indulging in lots of chocolate, uh, even though I think those are all good things. But that's not really what we're going to be talking about with self-love today. You can find that in all sorts of magazines and and uh, and stuff to, um, to look at. But uh, we'll explore today the capital S self as love. We're a spiritual center, so we're doing the spiritual aspect of self-love. And in fact, I'm going to flip our talk title a little bit and say, myself loves me so much. If I can let that divine self that is within me, that each of us is, love this individualization so much. So we tend to view ourselves as separate entities disconnected from both the other, whether that's another person or the stuff out there, or with our own spirit within. But Rumi reminds us that we are not drops in an ocean. We are the entire ocean in a drop. We are that wholeness in expression. A spiritual teacher that I worked with a long time ago used a metaphor that we are like clay pots in an ocean. And the water outside the pot and the water inside the pot is the same ocean water. But we get caught up inside our unique pot thinking it's the only thing there is. We get identified with my pot, my vessel. And we forget that we're immersed in an ocean of wholeness. Imagine that for a moment. See if you can let go of your, your boundaries, your borders, that think that you're separate. And see if you can for a moment just breathe in and feel that wholeness in which you and I and all of us, all this world is a part. And then the quality of this ocean. New Thought writer Emily Cady uh, wrote something that really fried my brain the first time I read it and shifted a whole lot for me. She said that God is not loving. That is, God is not a being that is loving. God is love itself. God is love. The ocean in which we live is love. We are love immersed in love. Say that with me for a moment. I am love, immersed in love. And breathe that in. A couple of days ago in the uh, daily meditation for 365 days of richer living, uh, Ernest Holmes wrote, the mood of the infinite mind is one of love. Knowing this, I realize that the love of God uses me as a center of distribution. If I let my mind be a center of God's intelligence, I must also let my heart be a center of its love. 
We are here to be distribution points of this infinite love. Our call then is to let this love flow through, in, and as us. Our call then also is to clear the field of our mentality, of our junk, of our barriers, of our boundaries to this flow of love. Mary Baker Eddy a long time ago said, destroy the enemy and leave the field to God. In other words, get rid of the stuff that's in the way and leave our field to the infinite nature, which naturally is love, which naturally is good. Rumi, I was in a Rumi mood when I was writing this talk. Rumi puts it this way. He says, your task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against love. See, love is our natural state. We live, move, have our being in it. And the only thing in the way of that is within us. Our small self, our our, uh, our small identified ego has lists and lists of people who have wronged and hurt us and people who we have wronged and hurts and all the, the problems, all the things to try to convince us that we don't deserve to be loved and that we're not capable of really loving. But just as God is not a being that is loving, we are not beings that are loving. We are love itself individualized. If you want to know what you are, you are love in form. We are love living in love. You know, our CSL vision statement is um, to be a love living in a world of love. And I remember when we first proposed that that vision, there was a person who argued about that and said, you know, the world is not loving. Why why would you say we live in a world of love? It's you know, We don't live in a world of love. And on one level, that person's right. There's lots of evidence for us to look at for the intellect, for the ego that's hypnotized into its belief and separation that the world is not loving. But when we shift our focus to not look for love, but to see from love, we recognize that the world, being the infinite in form, must be love even when it's not easy to see. This is meant what is meant by being in, but not of the world. See, we are in this world that has stuff going on. You've noticed that it has stuff going on. But we are not of the world. We are of spirit. We are of this infinite love. And again, we're not here to find love in the world. We're here to be love in the world which takes first knowing, and I mean deeply knowing, that I am love in form. This is what is meant by seek ye first the kingdom of God, which is a message that's contained in virtually every spiritual tradition. Go within, find that place within, find that spirit within, that that center within, and then live out from that. We must first know that this infinite presence, by whatever name we call it, doesn't matter about the name. What it is, is love. And then knowing that we are one of that, and thus we are love individualized. If we were in in the center in person, I'd have you nudge your neighbor, but maybe nudge the person on the screen next to you and just say, you are love individualized. That's what you are. 
couple of you can look at each other. I see Kathy and Larry looking at each other and remembering that truth. And while we are uniquely individualized, we are one of the same ocean of love as everyone and everything else. That there is a multiplicity of expression, a uniqueness of individualization, but not a separateness of one from another. Our whole experience of lack of love, of the woundedness of the world, is a result of forgetting this truth. And being hypnotized, or as Don Miguel Ruiz calls it, being domesticated into believing in separation, into believing in right, wrong, good, bad, all that toxic duality that human beings have created over millennia and millennia and millennia. So again, our work is to clear the enemy, our own thinking, to release the barriers we have built to love. So how do we do this? That's always the question. How do we do this? I don't know. No, uh, but I have, I yesterday as I was contemplating, as I was in meditation, I had this visual, I had kind of a dream that came and it was a visual of being inside of a container that was within a larger container. And through the openings in the, in, in the inner container that I was in, I could see that it was packed around with garbage all around the outside of it, in between it and the larger container. And I was trying to pull the garbage out through these little openings, bit by bit, piece by piece, trying to get rid of it. And it was a, a long, slow, tedious process, which I felt like would never end. And I felt it trapped inside of this container within garbage. Until suddenly I noticed there was a shift, and I noticed that the inner container in which I lived was removable. You could pop it out. And when it popped out, all the garbage could be poured out easily, leaving the outer larger container free and clean. See, the inner container is the ego-identified self, which we call the small self. Although there's no real small self, that's, that's not a real thing. It's just a reaction in the field of universal law acting as though it were you. But we have created a law of beliefs that believes we are a separate entity from all else. This is why Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. We've always kind of, not always, but many times misinterpreted that, for, that phrase. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for though theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When we're poor in spirit, when we're poor in ego, when we're poor in my way, we aren't attached to our ego-based sense of separation. We aren't, aren't attached to our rules, to our self-righteousness. We aren't attached to how it should be or anything else. Instead, we are humble. We are meek. We are open. We are teachable. We can allow something else to come in. You know, when the Buddha, on his journey, let go of his belief in the certain path to enlightenment that was the, that was the the way of his time the the way of of asceticism and and hardly eating anything and living in in total abject poverty and and all that when he let go of that he literally fell into enlightenment because when you remove all this stuff when you remove all the how it must be all that's left is our divine nature 
when we let go of all of our reasons and our lists about how unloving and unlovable we are and surrender into the recognition that we are love, immersed in love, this is this is your catchphrase this week, I am love, immersed in love. When we wake into that, when we recognize that, we are in the kingdom of God. We have removed the inner container from being our identity of who we are. And then the other half of that, when Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God, he also said, and all else should be added unto you. Because his, his disciples were sitting there going, how can we, you know, basically, how can we survive? How can we get clothes, money, and all, you know, all the stuff we need? And he said, when you seek first the kingdom, when you go within, when I know that I am love, when I know that I am spirit in form, everything else gets handled. Everything else gets taken care of. We don't have to make it happen. Well, we believe that we're outside the kingdom. We believe in, that we have to struggle and strive and constantly trying to make things happen. If it is to be, it's up to me. That kind of a mentality. Instead of making what already exists, what already is, welcome. I'm here to allow what the nature of the divine is to be welcome in my life. So our first and most important step in this process is to let our capital S self love us. To be open to that love that already is within us and allow it to flow first to ourselves and then through ourselves. To become more open to and aware of the infinite ocean of love in which we live, move, breathe, and have our being to clear the field of the barriers, the garbage of separation beliefs. That is our work. That is our process for unfolding and allowing this love to express fully. So this week, we're going to invite you to two spiritual practices. The first one is we have a song we sometimes sing as an opening song that says, Spirit is in this place. It's a Denise Rosier song. So let us realize that we are the place where spirit is. It's not some building. It's not some you know, perfect location. I am the place where spirit is. So sit with that mantra this week. Spirit is in this place with you being this place. Let's say that for a moment. Spirit is in this place. That's our first practice this week. But our second practice this week is to look in a mirror and say, I love you. And if you really want to push this, Louise Hay in her very first book had a wonderful exercise, which was take off all your clothes, stand naked in front of a full-length mirror, look at your whole body and say, I love you. And I know people who even the idea of that sends them into spasms of, oh, my God, I can't do that. And it's a wonderful way to notice all the barriers, all the lists of how I can't be loved. Oh, I got this wrinkle. I got this piece of fat. I got this bony knee or whatever it is. And to say, I love you as you are. Each of us can already kind of do that right now because we're looking at ourselves on a screen. 
We can even look at ourselves and say, I love you right now as you are. So those are our two practices. Spirit is in this place. Take that as a contemplation and look in a mirror and say, I love you. Are we good with that this week? Great. Allow that love that's within you to bubble and to germinate and to grow and to express through you. I'm going to close with a quote from the Science of Mind textbook that says, as all is mine, and as we attract to us what we first become, in other words, whatever it is that I want to attract to us, I must first become that myself. So as we're talking about love in all of its forms, I must first recognize that I am love. Until we learn to love, until we learn that we are love, we are not sending out love vibrations, and not until we send out those vibrations can we receive love in return. 